You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a good Friday to you, Cleveland Browns fans. Thank you for stopping in for this Locked On Browns podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. You can talk to me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Appreciate you stopping by for this Lockdown Browns podcast. Uh, had some concern about my back yesterday, so thank you for those who, who checked in on me. Uh, feeling a little bit better today, but uh, Thursday was uh, not as awesome for me. So appreciate all of the concern. Uh, getting there, getting there. Uh, you know, it's one of those things as you get older, your back starts to hurt, and I've got some back issues that make it a little bit worse. So thank you for stopping by this Lockdown Browns podcast as we prepare for the weekend. Looks like Saturday and Sunday might be a little bit rainy as we look at the Buckeyes and the Browns games, Um, but that's okay. Uh, We still love football. It's been very fall weather, so it's been fun. Uh, First thing I want to kind of just kind of hit the elephant in the room. Those of you that follow me on Twitter or have followed my writing for a while know that I write for the Orange and Brown Report. We are a part of Scout Media, and so we've been around for about 20 years now. Um, I've been working for the organization for about two years, a little bit over two years, I believe, at this point in time. And so just a real solid form, uh, organization that's done a lot of good, uh, been involved with Bernie Kosar in a, lot of, uh, in, in a lot of business ways in the past, as well as uh, just really solid, solid work. Uh, today, unfortunately, um, there were some headlines uh, that were started by the Orange and Brown Report and um, ended up being kind of taken up even by TMZ and Deadspin and the Cleveland Police Department. And so um, something that just needs to be addressed. And so uh, late uh, Thursday night, last night, uh, Lane Atkins, our insider, who has done an impeccable job, just has sources all over the place, uh, gets direct quotes from inside of the Browns organization. One of the big reasons to have a uh, subscriber uh, paying for subscription to the Orange and Brown Report, he posted something last night about uh, Josh Gordon having an incident uh, with TSA, TSA uh, at the airport, um, and just some details about uh, marijuana possession. Um, first, he was kind of escorted uh, through without uh, appropriate clearance, got kind of caught, quote-unquote, doing that marijuana possession, um, said it was one of the other people uh, in his group, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so that was put up for our subscribers Thursday night. And then today, um, the decision was made after uh, screen grabs and exact quotes were put up on Reddit and Twitter and all over the place. The decision was made for that information to go public as a free article up on the Orange and Brown Report. From there, um, one of the guys I know well, the real Bob Evans, reached out to TSA and he was told basically um, nothing that they had to say. Um, that that Josh Gordon did um, go through TSA, but um, there was no incident at the checkpoint and no marijuana. And then they said not on our end, at least, and told him to check in with the Cleveland Police Department. The Cleveland Police Department uh, and TMZ also checked in with TSA after Bob did, um, got the same kind of information. The Cleveland Police Department uh, put out on Twitter uh, that Josh Gordon was not arrested which Lane had never said Josh Gordon was arrested. Uh, Again, just said it was an incident. And so at this point, we at Scout Media have actually 
posted a retraction of that story, realizing uh, that um, after looking back, uh, I'll just kind of read real quickly to you. We, we sincerely apologize to Josh Gordon and Cleveland Browns for an incorrect story that we published earlier today. Um, our source for the story had always been reliable and he presented documents backing up his claim. However, now we have enough reason to doubt the veracity of our source to warrant removing the story. We are truly deeply sorry that we failed to conduct a thorough investigation of the claim. TSA, TSA and Cleveland's Police Department denied the, the story following its publication. Uh, OBR has been around since 1996 and in 20 years we have never been in this position. Um, and so, again, I just wanted to address that. I, I think from a media perspective, because I am connected to the OBR, I posted uh, on Twitter and I control the OBR Twitter account primarily. Um, it's something that that does can affect me. And so um, I just want to be real clear that I trust Lane Atkins. Um, the fact that he saw documents uh, that made him believe that the story was true and that this source had been a reliable source in the past tells me that he did everything he's done um, previously. Obviously, previously, the information Lane's gotten hasn't exactly been a uh, guy getting in trouble with TSA. It's been more about the Browns and um, how they see certain players and those kind of things. And so those stories um, have generally been accurate. Uh, there have been little things here and there where a player that he was told was going to be kept uh, you know, as the 54th man got cut, those kind of things. But from a significant uh, standpoint, he's generally been on point. And so uh, I trust Lane Atkins. Um, I know this is can be a black eye in the OBR. Uh, I know it can actually impact how people see me, and I, I'll do my best and continue to do my best to provide the best appropriate coverage that I can. Breaking stories, having sources, those kind of things are always going to be awkward. They're always going to be interesting. They're always going to be difficult. And that's, a, that's an issue in the media is how do you handle that? What do you think the best way is? You know, I have a couple sources right now outside of the Browns organization, and I still have to be, you know, I have to be very, very careful at what they tell me, trusting what they say, uh, trusting what I put up, what I don't put up. And so, um, again, it's just an elephant in the room that I feel is really, really important that I address uh, since it is connected to me. Uh, but it, it looks like something has happened. Um, it looks like from other reports that Josh um, was escorted uh, through TSA or past TSA, whatever it is. Um, so that, but then they kind of quote unquote caught him. Uh, but maybe that there was no other issues beyond that. Uh, at this point, that's really all that we have. Um, and so, it's possible more information comes out later. Uh, but at this point in time, the Orange and Brown report, myself, Lane, uh, apologize for um, whatever impact that has had on our reputation, uh, but more importantly on Josh Gordon and the Cleveland Browns. And so we'll kind of move on from that um, as we look into to week four, which we thought was going to be the last week without Josh Gordon. And it looks like we will forever be without Josh Gordon here in Cleveland. Um, but it, but again, uh, my apologies uh, for, for whatever part I played and whatever part the Orange and Brown report played um, in that story. Please know that it is never our goal, never our goal, to put up clickbait kind of stuff. It's our goal to put up interesting things, put up facts, put up our evaluations, just like it's my goal here on Locked on Browns. So again, my apologies and thank you for uh, all the feedback and, and conversation that I've had with a lot of great people from that. A reminder that the Locked on Browns podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Football is back. Uh, we're going into week four and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person. The season. There's nothing like being in the stadium 
probably the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's the 50-yard line, the club seats, or in the upper level. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, uh, and when I'm not credentialed for games or there are things that I want to see, maybe like the Ohio State game tomorrow, um, I found it's just so it's the easiest way to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend's or any game this season. And so if I don't want to be a media member to go to the Browns game or to the Cavs game, if I don't want to do credentials, I just want to sit with the fans. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek prices compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek can always find you the lowest available price. And with SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on the value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by our 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. That's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K app. Go to the settings tab and click on add a promo code and then enter my promo code. That's L-O Browns for Lockdown Browns. Again, go to the add a promo code in the settings tab, enter the promo code L-O Browns and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L-O Browns today for your $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So it's on to our week four preview. The last two days I've, I've talked to you about what the, the Browns offense defense needs to do and then what the Browns offense need to do. And so now it's time to look at our preview. And so um, what, what, what do you think we're going to see out of the Browns? I know for me, I think we're going to see a run heavy uh, plan. I also think you may see the Browns try to attack Josh Norman with Terrell Pryor uh, to try to put him in a position where he needs to tackle that big, powerful, long striding wide receiver. And so again, while we're going to see a lot of running I think you're going to see a, some more creativity. And so Hugh Jackson talked this week about uh, that the fans haven't seen his true offense. And he said his true offense basically is a full no huddle. Are you kidding me? Uh, how exciting for a, for a Browns organization and Browns fans who haven't seen um, anything resembling an exciting offense for years. And so with uh, their third string quarterback in Cody Kessler, uh, with uh, no Corey Coleman, with no Josh Gordon. Last week, the Browns' offense looked pretty dynamic. They looked like they had the ability to, uh, that Hugh Jackson was able to put players, Crowell, Duke Johnson, Barnage, and obviously Pryor, in position to be successful. And so I expect with another week of preparation, seeing what Kessler is able to do, um, I think fans have to be at least a little excited that at worst, he's a, a high-level backup quarterback. I think we're going to see a lot more creativity. Now, the question becomes is when do we see that creativity? Last week, uh, they Hugh tried it a little too early, made it difficult for the Browns to kind of get in any kind of rhythm on offense. And so this week, I don't I don't think you'll see it right away. I think you might see some um, what's called ghost motion. And so, for example, uh, an interesting ghost motion would be to have um, trips lined up right. Um, and bring Pryor out of that trips formation on a uh, what you would consider motion as if he was about to get a jet sweep pass. 
um, and off of that have some type of screen going back the way prior came. And so you get all the attention on prior going one way and you then throw the ball the other way uh, with the Browns offensive lineman kind of releasing out uh, to block for either Crowell Johnson out of the backfield or one of the wide receivers that was in the trips formation before prior left uh, coming over for a wide receiver screen. I think that's where you're going to see some more creativity is now that prior is a weapon that has to be addressed. He can be used in other ways instead of just riding him kind of into the ground, which I think is something that we do have to be a little bit concerned about due to his injury history. Um, He's had a lot of hamstring growing, those kind of issues. And the Browns have to be just careful. They have one huge dynamic threat. And so they can use him, obviously, uh, throwing the ball, catching the ball, and running the ball. But using him as a decoy sometimes can be very, very helpful to open up things, uh, whether that's underneath when he's going on a deep nine route, or whether that's in the backfield as kind of a decoy where um, prior is still impactful, but he can uh, not be taking all of those hits, uh, not be expected to really carry the Browns offense on their back. And so uh, I expect to see a heavy dose of the running game. I expect to still see prior uh, featured, but I expect to see him used a little bit more in the decoy way. On defense, I expect to see a lot of creativity. I think at some point, Ray Horton's going to have to figure out that he doesn't have um, the horses up front or um, or the defenders in the in the defensive secondary to really um, apply the pressure that he wants. So instead, I think we're going to see a little bit more of kind of a zone blitz uh, scheme where it looks like many people are coming and dropping back and allowing uh, Emmanuel Agba um, and Tyrone Holmes primarily to get the pressure from the outside and then hoping Danny Shelton continues to show the improvement that he has uh, so far this season with pressure up the middle, Stephen Paella has also been pretty helpful there. So um, those things are going to be ways I think we're going to see Ray Horton and the defense trying to mix things up because Kirk Cousins is the guy that you want to have the ball in his hands. Uh, you want to make things difficult. Uh, you want to be creative uh, against him so that you can get some turnovers. The run game for, for, for Washington hasn't been good. Uh, they'll be without Sean Laval this week. Uh, have some other injuries on the offensive line that are going to be concerning. And so I don't think the Browns are going to have to commit to stopping the run as much as they'll have to commit to trying to make things difficult for Kirk Cousins while still stopping the run, obviously, uh, with Demario Davis really uh, being a strong uh, defensive run player. Kirk uh, Christian Kirksey, with his ability to get sideline to sideline, is very helpful in the run game, as we saw last week, but it also can also play in the pass, which will be really important because you have Jordan Reed, you have Deshaun Jackson, you have a lot of players who can make impactful plays on the Washington side, but do they have the quarterback who can get it done? Can the Browns defense create enough um, struggles for Kirk pre-snap, post-snap, making the reads uh, interesting? Has Horton now in week four with all these young players and obviously with a ton of injuries, uh, whether Joe Hayden's there or whatever, um, does he have enough time to really install some of those creative plays to make an impact. We should see pretty early in the game which direction this is going. We saw a lot of heart out of the Browns last week. Um, do we, if, if the Browns get down, do we see that again? Or do they run out of kind of that mojo, that excitement, that belief in themselves that they're actually going to be able to win games? 
being down to Washington after uh, starting out 0-3. I think that's going to be huge. It'll say a lot about uh, the team, Hugh Jackson, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, my prediction for week four is the Browns get off the snide, even on the road. Uh, I believe the Browns will win this week against Washington. I think they have enough offense. Uh, against a defense that isn't great. Uh, really, they have Josh Norman and not a whole lot else, uh, especially with some possible injuries to Trent Murphy, uh, Preston Smith, and a couple other guys. Um, and I think uh, defensively, they're going to put Cousins in enough of a position uh, to cause problems, as well as bottling up uh, either Jordan Reed or Deshaun Jackson. Um, primarily, I think they will try to take away Jackson and hope that they'll be able to be creative enough against Reed that um, they can force Cousins to focus on him and make some mistakes with some of their creative coverage. And so my prediction for this week is a Cleveland Browns 20-13 to victory in Washington. And they go to 1-3, and three, where many fans will point to the fact that they could be 3-1. and one. What is your prediction, Browns fans? Get with me on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I'd love to hear from you about what you think will happen Sunday, week four, between the Browns and Washington.